welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Lots of football since we uh, last did an episode of this podcast. So let's start with uh, let's start with a quick recap of what's been going on. Feels like a long time ago, and you'll probably not thank me for reminding you of this, uh, but Wednesday played Oxford at Hillsborough a while ago. It wasn't good. Uh, Wednesday lost the game late on. I think I could have that on like a little kind of like, cart that I just click and it says it Wednesday lost the game <laughs> late on it feels like it just it just it's just happening a lot um then we were off to Mansfield in the good old pizza cup um and uh that that was a victory uh 2-1 at Mansfield uh late goal there actually going in Wednesday's favor then we were back at Hillsborough in League One for the visit of Bolton um and this was um tipped as being quite a big game because obviously Bolton I think uh are kind of you know aspirations to press on after their promotion last season um I I, I mean I don't think it was a pr- well it definitely wasn't a pretty game and uh there's large chunks of it that I've tried to erase from my memory uh but all things considered, can't complain. Three points in the bag. Lee Gregory getting the all-important goal Wednesday winning that game. So that brings us to more recent times. Um, Wimbledon uh, last Saturday finished a two-all draw. I'm sure we'll touch on some of um, that because there's the, there are themes emerging with games. Um, and then most recently, off to Cambridge on Tuesday night. Uh, Wednesday coming back with well another away draw one all um, but lots of um, from these last two away games just lots of little niggles and annoyances and things that are driving Wednesday fans up the wall um, give us a kind of give us a bit of a summary Dom of that of that Cambridge game awful right <laughs> awful conditions uh, and uh, the first half from a Wednesday perspective, was pretty grim, I have to say. Uh, they could have scored with Lewis Wing when he went through on goal and then FDB hit the post. But in all honesty, yeah, they were second best. They were outplayed by Cambridge. They thoroughly deserved the lead at half-time. Maybe could have been two up. And then second half, Wednesday, were a lot better, thankfully. Created a lot of chances. And I think one of the themes you were sort of talking about there, James, is that, yeah, in the last two matches, I think when you're looking for the positives right now, the improvement is chance creation, not chance conversion conversion yet. That's not happened. But I think it's, what, close to 40 attempts on goal, I think they've had in the last two matches. Uh, So they are now beginning to get more frequently into positions to score, uh, but they need someone other than Lee Gregory uh, to consistently start sort of finding the back of the net for them to get back into the top six. And look, no getting away from it. I'm not sugarcoating it. You go to AFC Wimbledon, you go to Cambridge and you Sheffield Wednesday with aspirations to go up. You expect more than two points Two draws is a disappointing return from those two away fixtures. It is, and there's no hiding that. Uh, and there's a lot of unrest, isn't there? As we know that, you know, not for the first time this season, that at the end there were some boos from the fans who travelled um, and there were at AFC Wimbledon. Uh, and there have been in a few matches where they've been booed off at half-time and at full-time. And we know 
There's loads of expectation at the moment, and I'm afraid to say that the team right now in League One, they're underperforming, and it's two wins from the last nine. They're falling short, aren't they? And um, the it's great that you highlight the positive there in, in terms of chance creation, and that's that's good to see over two games. It doesn't really feel like this is a Wednesday team that's just on the verge, just on the cusp of everything falling into place because um, th- there aren't really any other patterns. So the uh, the Wimbledon game, Wednesday should have been absolutely out of sight. And when you 2-0 up away from home in the second half, you should see that game out, simple as that. Yeah. Um doesn't really matter if you're Sheffield Wednesday or anyone, you should be able to see out a game from, from, from 2-0 up. That's just that's game management. The, the funny so thing then, is, James, though, that Wimbledon, everyone saw that as the blueprint. You're thinking that that's probably their best performance for a long period of time. Like, you're talking 70 minutes and you tune them up. And then even when they bring it back to 2 1, they miss another chance to go 3 yeah. 1 up and put the game to bed. Uh, but, you know, the frustration is that you're then expecting them to kick on. And instead, what they did was they then went back to their old ways. Uh, by not turning up and playing well as a team in that first half at Cambridge. And that that's exactly my point in terms of the fact that it's not much good putting in a good solid 70 minutes against Wimbledon if we then don't win that game and we go to Cambridge and just look flat. And I'm not I'm not buying tiredness. I think there's a reasonable squad there um, and it, it shouldn't be a problem. And, it, and we're obviously not seeing it being a problem for the teams that we're playing against. Wimbledon kept going until the last minute. We know that. Um, and, and Cambridge obviously came out of the blocks a lot brighter than we did on um, Tuesday night. So it it does, it's kind of a, it's a frustrating time, isn't it? Because it it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's just on the verge of all nicely clicking into place and suddenly, oh, it's, it's just, this isn't quite working or that's quite working. You look at it and you kind of think across the park, there's so many things to pick at um, that it, it actually feels like a bit of a mess, to be honest, right now. I think mess is maybe a little strong and you've, we've got to have perspective in that they're still ninth in the table, only a couple of points away from the playoffs, that what, nine off the top two. And it's as I've been banging on about all season long, that at some stage anyway, that, that Wednesday will have to go on a really good run to shoot, you know, to shoot themselves up and catapult themselves into the top six, really cement a place there. So, I'm not getting to the point of where I'm overly concerned. I'm not panicking yet. I know that there are some fans out there and I know that we may talk a bit in depth more about Darren Moore and how things generally are going. Um, And no, I think for me, the disappointment lies with the level of the performances. That's for me fundamentally where I thought that after the start they had and when the top of the table after four matches... Uh, you know, I thought they would have taken a lot of confidence from that. And like you say, I understand where you're coming from, James. It does feel like they have gone backwards, and they have in terms of league position. But it, it's just that they the performances have been too up and down. Yeah, and and um, you know, let, let's kind of keep this in perspective as well in terms of the fact that it's not like Wednesday are absolutely cut off from the top six. We're also relatively early on in the in the season. I think the frustration for fans comes from the fact that just that very point that I've just been making really in terms of it just it doesn't feel like we're just about to go on that run that you talked about. That that kind of feels like it's quite a way away. And actually, 
you know, this season, I don't think there's been a game yet where it feels like everything's fallen into place. There's not been a game where Wednesday have actually put in a good performance from from minute one to to the end of, of the match. Um, Wimbledon maybe was the longest period of Wednesday playing well, and we didn't win that game. So, you know, there's, there's, I think there are worrying signs there, but we've got to go right back to, to pre-season. And, and what do we say this thing about? We've got to be wary of expectation because this club, and, and particularly on the field matters over the last two or three seasons, have been dragged through the hedge backwards. And you can't put that right in just a few months. It was always going to take time. The, the the problem is, and, and and I guess this is what brings us on to the discussion about Darren Moore at this stage. Um, it it I, I think from from a fan perspective, there are fans that are, are just not understanding why decisions have been made. And Darren Moore's been getting some stick, partly because I think there are people that think he doesn't know what his best team is yet, and we're getting towards that point where that's something that he should really be starting to understand now, and this constant chopping and changing, um, and um, it's not like he's picking the right formation for every game because we're just not winning them. So so that is going to leave you um, open to some criticism. Um, substitutions and, and maybe not changing the game quick enough and, and not reacting fast enough. Um, that's something he's getting, been getting some stick for. Playing some players seemingly kind of out of position. Um, that's something that I've seen him be getting quite a, a bit of stick for. And also dropping players when it doesn't quite seem logical, when players um, have actually put in a good performance and then they're kind of left out of the team. So kind of rotating for rotating sake. So, so there's some of the things that I'm seeing Darren Moore getting some stick for. Um, I've got a compliment for you here, Dom. My mate Mark sent me a message on on Wednesday morning saying, oh, Dom Housen's full-time report after Cambridge was absolutely spot on. So um, clearly you are the oracle. So what what is going wrong? Well, you mentioned a lot of the issues there. Uh, and then the other factor I'd throw in too is that it's the formation that he's chopped and changed with two is yep. so he he literally has been league one's tinker man this season um he has there's no getting away from it that players I, I don't think it helps that they don't know whether they've been coming or going and that you, you know you could go across the team from barry bannon has been played as a number 10 he's been played out wide he's been played in a two or three in midfield it's not healthy I, no. for players when they've got to know their jobs and they've got to feel settled. And so, uh, you know, I, I get that there has to be that element of rotation when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Uh, but a lot of this season, Wednesday haven't done that. They've actually had blank weeks. And so that's where I think Wednesday fans, some of them have lost a bit of faith in Darren Moore that when they've actually then had, say, 10-day build-ups or week build-up to prepare for matches, it's then that they've made slow starts. And then you, you're questioning what have they worked on in training over that week? Why is this not better than what we're seeing? And so, and there's no hiding place for Darren Moore. And the pressure is there because this is his squad now. We're judging him on yeah. this is the squad that him and the recruitment team have built. He signed 14 new players. He brought in a brand new coaching setup. I do like a lot and admire what he's doing, that he's got eight players out on loan. You know, something that we haven't seen at Sheffield Wednesday for a number of years where youngsters are playing regular first-team football. And that will hopefully benefit Wednesday in the long run. So, you know, there's a... There's, 
a lot of ticks. I think that the structure and the work that's going in, in in behind the scenes, I think that he is trying to move the club forward. But at the same time, you're not getting coherent, fluid performances. And then when you're not getting that, and then the results aren't coming, then the pressure's going to mount. And that's what's happening right now. And Darren Moore's not sort of openly said that, oh yeah, we're going all out for the title. But I'm afraid a lot of the players have. And so when they're then falling beneath that level, then questions are going to be asked and you're going to come in for criticism. It's the nature of the beast. In no way whatsoever am I advocating um, questions about whether Darren Moore is the right guy because Wednesday have historically, over a period of 20-odd years, um, chopped and changed managers at the first sign of trouble and it's it's landed us in the third tier of football. It hasn't worked. It's nonsense talk uh, for me. It's complete non-starter, James. We shouldn't be talking about this. It's always been the case, hasn't it? At some point, we just have to stick with a manager and give them time. And Darren Moore seems to have um, an eye on a long-term vision, something that's not just jumping from game to game and that's great that's something that we need whether the whole structure of the club supports that is a different conversation and we'll not we'll not get into it but um so that that's that's fine that's great i think here's where the frustration really starts to lie for for wednesday fans which is you know it is all right us talking about um giving darren more time and long-term vision and stuff like that the, the problem is when things from game to game sometimes go backwards and get worse, then the questions get asked, like like you said, which is what's going on on the training ground. And then I think the real frustration lies, you listen to Darren Moore talking after the match, and you, you sort of feel like he totally fails to identify what it is that's going wrong. And sometimes... And, and I'm not advocating this at all, but when fans say, oh, you know, he's, he's he's perhaps even deluded about it because he will almost kind of gloss over some of the things and say, oh, I'm not interested in performance, I'm interested in result. But then when we're not getting the result, what what then? And doesn't necessarily seem to have real clarity on, well, this is what we've got to do and this is what we've got to improve. And I... When Darren Moore first came to Wednesday, I found it quite refreshing to hear him talk. He's, um, he, he talks in a way that a lot of football managers don't. I think the problem is when things aren't great is that it can seem like he can talk a lot without ever really saying anything. And he certainly doesn't say, I think, what you need to hear as a fan, which is someone that's got a grasp on, all right, this is what's going wrong and this is what we're going to work on. And so you will see improvements in this next week. We will be better at what we've done. Wednesday have been conceding late goals for well for years now but it's continued this season and yet I've not got a feeling from Darren Moore that he's got a grasp on well we know what's going wrong with that and we're going to fix it and it's going to stop he doesn't he just doesn't say the stuff that you kind of need to to hear and it's not just about needing to hear it it's about needing to see it happen as well and I think that's where where some of the frustration starts to to lie is that his his post-match interviews can actually be quite frustrating yeah no I I I completely agree and as someone who uh you know witnesses the 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 post-match interviews and you know gets the opportunity to speak to Darren on a regular basis there are times where you, you would like him to be... I, I don't really understand on injuries, personally, why um, there can't be a bit more sort of openness with that. When, you, when say, players have got muscle injuries, then if they're going to be out for a period of time, as an example, 
George Byers, we haven't seen since Plymouth. So it's been 10 matches now. So clearly there was a bigger problem there with George Byers. So, I, I, you know, I'm just going to sort of compare previous managers. Tony Pulis probably would have said he's going to be out for two months to three months. Whereas I think a lot of the modern managers now, they are very guarded. You know, when it comes to injuries and they don't like to give a lot away. But I think when you know that players are going to be out a long period of time, then you, you should be really telling that to and communicating that to fans, I think, really. You might as well. You know, if they're not going to be playing for you or involved, then you should be just saying it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Darren's not done himself any favours when he said things like, you know, the players... Um, might have been feeling sort of tiredness after one match, uh, as we know. Uh, and I think there have been some other sound bites that, again, I think have maybe sort of come back to bite him a little bit. I do think that yeah. some, you know, sometimes he maybe could have um, chosen it, you know, his language a little bit better, really, I think. And no, I, I, I know where you're coming from on that. And I think that, you know, ultimately it's results really you know so now people are picking apart more of what he's saying uh, and you know, uh, because of how the team's results have gone you know this wasn't happening at the beginning of the season was it but you know the, the, this is the way that things can change very quickly yep yep i think um i mean ultimately like we we all have to galvanize behind Darren Moore i, I think it's fair for questions to be asked um, and that's exactly what we're doing now. Um, I, I I don't agree with fans booing. They have a right to do that, but I'm, I'm not really sure that's where we should be right now. But the simple kind of fact of this is that, you know, if, if Darren Moore was, if I mean, if Darren Moore was here now, if he was on this call with us and you kind of say, Darren, you know, kind of, we, we love what you, you're doing and there's some really good signs there and we really do want to get behind you in terms of the, the long-term picture. But quite simply, got to do better must do better there there you know if this was a school report card there'd be some really nice comments in it but it would end on that simple point which is must do better we need more um, I, I, I would have liked James and that's, that's better decisions yeah. that's that's uh, a better idea as to what's going on in terms of the players and 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 you know what what kind of team we are still not seeing much in terms of a, a personality from this team don't really know what what kind of players we've we've got needs to start finding that needs to start identifying that yeah. and and just be a little bit more honest with us because I think most fans probably do want to get behind Darren Moore but that feeling of being frustrated and thinking hang on does he even know what he's talking about that creeps in from him just not giving enough so you know must do better. There have been times where I really would have liked him, James, to have criticised the players more, and there have been opportunities to do so. Plymouth was a prime example, and then uh, AFC Wimbledon when you throw away two goal lead. Uh, you know, I think that's as as I wasn't there, but as exasperated as he's been, um, and really sort of down in the dumps and frustrated with the you know the the players that they threw away two points but he is the type of manager that will protect the players to the hilt and the fact is that it's not Darren Moore that's crossing the white line you've got too many players that make poor decisions or have been making poor decisions that have led to goals and defensive lapses and concentration and so you know, Darren Monk, Darren Moore is coming in for a lot of flack right now <laughs> 
mixing up a few managers there. I think what a Do great best. moment that was, Darren. Mom. We can edit oh, that no. out. You better be doing it. Um, but yeah, it's the players that have let him down. I, I think recently that is defensively the clean sheets have dried up. Uh, in the yep. last sort of nine, ten matches, and that was at the heart of the success at the beginning of the season, and that's coincided with the goalkeepers being changed as well. So it's just all across the team that the players have been coming and going, and that they've been changing around. And so and, until you actually start to get settled side, a settled formation, and you put those building blocks in place, then it's hard to make a case right now for Wednesday are going to go on the run that you know I was on about before. feels like we need a break, doesn't it? It feels like we could just do with, you know, if, if we were in the championship, like an international break, having a couple of weeks and almost like put the brakes on, just regroup a bit and just figure out what he really wants from this group of players. But that hasn't and, done and, any and good when he, they've had that. They had that after no, absolutely. Um, it got, the, it got the worse. international break and then you had Plymouth and then they've been yep. other times where they've had a week. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not even sure that that would be the answer right now. I, something that I thought was a little bit telling was that I, I found that uh, Lee Gregory's interview after Wimbledon, kind of what he said, that resonated with me more than anything that Darren Moore said. This is not just about words. You're quite right in terms of it's, you know, it doesn't matter what words come out of anyone's mouth. It's about what they go and do on the on the pitch. Uh, but, you know, kind of not criticising players, it felt like Lee Gregory kind of, he wanted to let rip, didn't he? He was really annoyed. You score two goals and yet you don't win. And certainly, you know, I, I think Lee Gregory w- was was absorbed of all, all blame there. Um, but, um, you know, super frustrated. Let, let's talk a bit about Lee Gregory because um, he didn't get on the score sheet on Tuesday night. But prior to that, he has been he has been right in there in terms of the the goals. And if you look at how many he scored this season so far, and I can't think of how many it is. I'm sure you know off the top of your head. Five. Five this season. So could be on target to be our first 20 goal a season guy for ever. can't remember who the last um, player was that Neil Miller. Neil it's as simple as this, James. It's as simple as this, though. It's right now. It's Lee Gregory plus one. Lee Gregory. Uh, I would go a, a, as far to say with Dennis Denner, and they've been the two best signings of the full team. You know, from what we've seen, I think you know Lee Gregory's actually surprised me at, at how so much of a complete player he is. Or you know, I, I uh, have always sort of seen Lee Gregory as maybe a bit of a fox in the box and you know good finisher but actually it's the runs he makes it's the intelligent hold-up play I I, I have to say that I think Lee Gregory at times this season as well he's been up front on his own but he's been a handful you know he, he to me just looks like one of the top forwards in this league and so it's a case of he's an automatic pick pretty much every time when he's fit. Um, and the be- periods where he'll go five, six matches without a goal, but you know that he'll come again. You know, he's just too good a player. Yeah, and, and you're right. He's, he's got to be pretty much first team on the team sheet, hasn't he? And, you know, it kind of feels like you, you, you can start to, you know, you identify a couple of players there that have, have played well. Um we could probably talk about some other ones. You can kind of start to to build like an idea of what the 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 ideal starting eleven should really be from some of these kind of conversations. Lee Gregory 
is going to score goals if you give him the service. And and that started to just change a bit, as we touched on earlier. Chance creation is 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 better. And we know that Lee Gregory, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of, of um, Ryan Lowe last time we were in this league. Um, not necessarily in terms of style of play, but someone that works quite hard and that's always just there and likely to pop up with a goal. And could even, he's the kind of player, isn't he, that could have quite a quiet game and not really do anything. Um, and then just pops up with a winning goal in the last 10 minutes. That's the kind of thing that you get with Lee Gregory. And that's what you need in League One. Sometimes you've got to keep games tight and you get that scrappy goal that that wins it and then you just see the game out. We're, we're miles away from that point at the moment, aren't we? But um, brilliant to see Lee Gregory doing well. Let's talk about FDB as well because um, he... It's a strange Wednesday career he's had, isn't it? Because he kind of came in, there was a little bit of a buzz and expectation and then never really kind of got, got going um, initially. And then this season, Wednesday going down, you think, right, okay, he's going to be like, you know, a cornerstone of this team. Um, and then we brought in lots of players and, and you kind of think, actually, maybe he's going to be on the fringes again, not really being involved in the opening few games. Then almost from nowhere, he's, he's come into the fold and one of the very few players that kind of universally seems to have, have had quite a lot of praise, a lot of people impressed with his performance over the last two or three games, and obviously getting his first um, pro goal for Wednesday on um, Tuesday night as well. That That's a real bright spark from what's been a little bit of a dark period. Absolutely, yeah. He's been a huge plus point, and I think that... He brings a different dimension to that midfield. He does. He is different to what they have got. And Darren Moore's called him a wonderful project. Again, I'm not so sure that that's maybe what Wednesday fans, you know, want to be talking about um, when in, in the here and now that we live in. But FDB, you look at him and you think, as you know, the player he has got all the attributes that you need for modern midfielder: pace, power, athleticism driving runs from midfield. He's got an eye for a goal, should have scored at AFC Wimbledon uh, and he was frustrated that he didn't. But yeah, great finish the other night. And he, to me, I think he's someone that's capable of getting half a dozen goals from midfield. And that's the sort of return that Wednesday need from a midfielder this season to take the pressure off Lee Gregory. And we thought that it was going to be Lewis Wing that was going to be that player. But he is one of those players this season that has struggled for consistency all the way through. And he's had some good games, but you know, recently he has gone off the boil. And when we're talking about team selection for Lincoln, for me right now, yeah, Lewis Wing would be one that would be making way and I'd be bringing back Dennis Adena in midfield. I think that would be a change that I'd be looking to make. I'd be taking him out of the firing line, but... In terms of FDB, he's got to stay in the team. Um, absolutely. You know, he's done really well last two matches. And uh, I'd like to see him get an extended run. And I think he deserves it on what we've seen. That The exact thing that I've got written in my notes here is that it's easy to say this, but it feels like he needs a good run in the team right now. As long as fitness-wise, he's up to it. And he, he does seem like, you know, he, he, he seems like a brilliant athlete. There's no reason to think age-wise and everything that um, that he's ready for it. And he needs it, doesn't he? Because he is a really young lad. I didn't realise he's younger than Alex Hunt. You know, he is a young guy and um, he's got to play football now. And he will make mistakes because he is still learning. And I think we've all, as fans, got to 
kind of bear with that and understand that. But we've seen enough from the last couple of games to think there is a player there. There really is a player there. And he he needs a run in the team. He just needs an extended, good long run in the team. Um, and this is one of those moments where you kind of think, it's quite easy to imagine, come two o'clock on Saturday, that he comes out of the team, someone else goes in, you kind of think, oh, you know, chopping and changing again. This is where Darren Moore leaves himself open to that criticism, maybe. He's got to make these decisions. And if, you know, if two, uh, well, three games in a week is is too much for, for him, then fine. But, you know, he's a young lad. You would hope that he can he can do it. I hope he's given that chance now. Um, even if there's a couple of games where maybe he's not as, as, as on the boil as he um, has been for the last couple, that we still stick with him and give him that chance to really cement that um that place in the place in the team you mentioned it then lincoln coming up uh, at home on saturday cheltenham coming up uh, away a week on saturday couple of very different prospect games i've not seen much of lincoln this season um they're an interesting team aren't they because they um had that incredible run of, of promotions and you know after kind of you know sinking well out of the football league a few years ago um really kind of come back into it they're very much with uh, half an eye on 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 hopes of getting into the championship in the next kind of two or three years cheltenham totally different prospect away from home that's not a trip that I think any footballer would look forward to I think that's a difficult um place to go it's a it's a smaller ground it's a much more compact stadium isn't it so a couple of very different um prospects for um Wednesday but we we really need to start seeing these wins on the board now well Lincoln's huge Uh, you know I I thought the same about Bolton that after they'd lost to Oxford that they had to bounce back and get a win and this week will go down um, as a disappointment you know anything less than a win on Saturday you know you know minimum I think people saw from this week that Wednesday had to get was five points so you know Lincoln have been erratic themselves you know they're in the bottom half at the moment I think they've had a bit of a hangover from getting to the playoff final I think they got to last season uh, but Michael Appleton's done a really good job there um, and away from home they've picked up a couple of wins so far but yeah they have been again a bit sort of up and down uh, but yeah no, it's about what Wednesday do isn't it um, ultimately and Wednesday with the players that they've got at the disposal they should be beating Lincoln at home. Um, they've got no divine right to beat Lincoln at home or get a result at Cheltenham, but they are again, you know, this month has fallen into sort of the cliche of these are the type of matches Sheffield Wednesday should be winning if they're going to get promoted this season. Um, and the last two, they haven't got the job done, but they have to. They, they really have to. Um, I think from the next two or, you know, October generally will be one of, I think, missed opportunity for Wednesday. Uh, you don't want to sound dramatic about it, do you? But you, you also kind of say, you know, if, if Saturday against Lincoln is a game that Wednesday just have to have to return a victory, um, then you kind of say in in uh, the knock-on from that is that there's no point winning that game and then going to Cheltenham and things going backwards. So it's almost like Wednesday do then have to go to Cheltenham and win, really, to keep up that momentum. There's not much point beating um, Lincoln if we then can't follow that up with, with getting... Um, and I don't want to say a result because really I don't think a draw at Cheltenham's a particularly great result. I think it has to be um, has to be a win. But take it one game at a time, and um, and the important thing in the immediacy is is getting that win against um, Lincoln on Saturday. You mentioned about uh, Adenarin coming back in. Any other changes that you um, that you would make? 
If Sam Hutchinson's back, uh, I'm sure his start, but then it would be where? Would it be at centre-half or would it be in midfield? Um, and, and that's where, yeah, you know, you look at somebody like FDB who hasn't played a lot of football this season. So, yeah, Darren Moore will have to weigh that up. You know, I, I think most Wednesday fans that you speak to want to see, say, FDB carry on playing. But then you, they've had the trip to Cambridge. They've had two long away trips this week. And so they've... Uh, you've got a big squad there and right now it comes back to what we said before of where they're actually playing a system that doesn't suit really the personnel that they've got as Wednesday have an abundance of wingers but you're not going to play them in a 3-5-2 when you know you've got so Corbinu and a few others and uh, you know it just wouldn't surprise me if Darren Moore did change formation this weekend it, it wouldn't at all you know you half expect it you, you know, it's so difficult to second guess what he's going to do with the team and the shape but they've played three five two for the last what three matches I think it is now and I, I think they've got to push on and go forward with that it's all about whether Sam Hutchinson and Lewis Gibson are fit if they're both fit I think they're both going to come in and then you've got Liam Palmer and you've got Shay Dunkley. I think they'd be two of the players at risk. I, but yeah, I think you can guarantee, James, that there will be a three or four changes, I think, at the weekend again. Pretty much a given now, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty much a given. Right, cool. That's going to wrap us up. Um, just a quick word to say apologies for our uh, kind of extended um, hiatus over the last few weeks, which was... That was uh, my fault. Well, it was, yeah, partly circumstances and, um, and other bits and bobs. Uh, but we are going to make it up to you. We're, we're starting our first match day live Twitter space on Saturday at 10 a.m. Twitter space is relatively new. You might not know what it means. Keep an eye on our Twitter account and we'll kind of explain about all that. But Saturday, 10 o'clock, your chance to kind of get involved with a little bit of a pre-match preview on Twitter. Thank you to our partners at Taito Law Solicitors, specialists in wills, trusts and probate and as a podcast listener, buy one get one free on lasting powers of attorney just mention Singing the Blues um, Ollie is available for evenings weekends and home appointments right across South Yorkshire. If you want to find out more or book now, titolaw.co.uk Right, on Twitter, Dom is at Dom House and I'm at James Marriott The show is at Dom and James You can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well where we are going to be doing more live broadcasts throughout the season just search for singing the blues you can also find all those links on our website or in the show notes for this episode thanks for listening up the owls and we'll see you next time 